The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Look at that. Weekend number three of January already. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Here we go. Great hour plan for you. On the way, the importance of keeping calm during volatility. Also on the way, Ask Annex. Got a bunch of great questions and then a bunch of other great stuff that's going to demonstrate the power of the Annex Wealth Management team. That's all coming up. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano is our president and CEO. Welcome to you. Thank you, Danny. And we did indeed end in the green on Friday. However, uh, that wasn't green for the entire week, Derek. Right. It was It was a mixed week. The NASDAQ traded much better up a little bit on the week, whereas the S&P 500 and the Russell Small Cap Index both closed down about uh, 1%. So a, a dichotomy. And frankly, the leadership of 2022 is a, are the laggers of 2023 thus far. Yeah, and so that's the reason why earnings season is going to be very important you know, over the next three or four weeks, a lot of the companies are going to tell us about how they did in the fourth quarter of 2022, and it will be interesting, and it's going to be every stock for themselves, so we're going to have to watch revenues and income and the reporting from the CEOs and CFOs. The, the good news is a lot of the negativity has already been priced in. When you, when you take out the energy sector's anticipated strong contribution to aggregate earnings, the actual earnings for the S&P 500 are expected to be down 11 7.7% on a year-on-year basis. So there is a lot of negativity already priced in, which is a challenging for many people because they hear negative headlines, yet they see the stock market trading reasonably well so far this year. And of course, you know, we're gonna, we talked so much about inflation last year, and the Fed, of course, is meeting February 1st. So that's coming up quickly, Danny. You talk about the calendar moving past quickly. Feb 1 is that meeting. We expect a rate hike, but we do also expect that they're near the end of of their rate hiking cycle. One of the things we've mentioned a lot is that the Fed tends to follow the two-year treasury. And what we've noticed is in the last several months, the two-year treasury yield has actually declined from 4.7% to 4.1%, so a 60 basis yeah, point decline at the same time that the Fed funds rate has been going up. And historically, what the Fed does is that FOMC rate follows the two-year. So it certainly suggests that uh, the, the upside in terms of Fed funds targeting is, is getting close. And so if they, if they raise it a quarter point and they're at 5%, and some, like James Bullard, one of the uh, the St. Louis Feds, uh, had said he thinks it's even higher. But if it gets to 5%, and again, the Treasury market is going to be way under that, they are going to get to a point where they can stop and look at what they've done. I mean, there's no question you're seeing all kinds of rolling over in inflationary numbers. You've seen housing come down significantly. So there's no question higher interest rates are doing their job. They, they certainly are. And as a as as we noticed, as you mentioned, the housing industry has been slowing. Home, new, new home sales were low, per- permits was low, yet the home building stocks are actually making new six-month highs. So that tells you something about uh, what the future may bring to the housing sector, because not much building was done during the pandemic. And so there's still an underinvestment there. But that's the reason why we look at those numbers who are really lagging indicators. The leading indicators, of course, uh, is not what the Fed looks at, in my opinion. They look backwards uh, because they always say that they're 
fact dependent, but there is some leading indicators that suggest that earnings are definitely going to slow down in this earnings season. Right. We've seen margins start to roll over. Uh, we know that, the, you know, one of the things about inflation is as inflation begins to abate, that's going to affect the top line of many companies because the price increases um, may, be, may be temporary. And as a result, that's going to pressure margins on the top line at the same time that unit labor costs are continuing to rise. So which is going to be really important. So as those margins go down, what are companies going to start doing? They're going to start looking for belt tightening. And what does that mean, folks? That means more layoffs. Danny, we saw a number of those come out this week. Uh, 10,000 jobs here, 18,000 jobs there. And then the new Google number is 12,000, which is interesting because they want to make a run at AI. But you'd think they want the employees. But again, 12,000, that was new on Friday. Right. And so a lot of folks are starting to cut. We're going to have to see if that goes across the country or if it's just a tech West Coast thing. There's no doubt that the Fed wants the unemployment rate to go up. No, that's that's for sure. In fact, they've mentioned a 4% number. Some have even said as high as 5%. And that would be quite a ways from 3.5%, which is where we sit currently. The other thing I was thinking about, you know, as we as we think about inflation, yes, we do know that, how, that it's rolling over. But thus far this year, you'd be surprised to know lumber prices are up 15%. Copper's up 11 Diesel fuel up 3.7. Gasoline up about 7 So inflation is starting to perk back up in the commodity uh, world. And the thing about it is, as this stock market continues to ignore the Fed, it does loosen financial conditions, which is the exact opposite of what they're trying to do. So I think you really have to be circumspect about what you own and why you own it. Amen, brother. If you would like that, and we would like to do that for you, you head to our website, and you can do it on a weekend. It's AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Start a Button, get going on that free portfolio analysis. We call it the Wealth Metric. Quick reminder, you can catch the Weekend Review on demand this weekend, Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. You can get it on the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter, delivered on Sunday mornings or on Spotify at the top of the hour, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Start a Button. We're powering through January. Glad you're here. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management show for Sunday, January 22nd. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Somebody asks, you good? Good seems to be our common response socially. How's work? How was the trip? How's the family? They're good. For the most part, it's our standard response without saying much at all. So how's your money? How are your investments? How are your retirement plans? Given the markets, inflation, and a looming recession, it might be hard to even answer good. It's time to get an honest assessment of where you are and where you're headed. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, we work to learn what's important to you. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. The fee-only fiduciary team at Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. One team, one plan, one fee. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. 
Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Sign up for the Axiom free weekly newsletter. Connect with us on social media. Our YouTube channel, really vibrant with over 1,500 videos. Got a great SWAT podcast, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. Mondays from the Annex Wealth Management Investment Team. This show on demand at the top of the hour on Spotify. Derek Felsky in the studio. He is our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good. Thanks, Danny. I wanted to pick up on what uh, Derek left off the last segment. He was really talking about commodity prices and things like lumber and, and copper. However, a big commodity that is going to get a lot of attention in 2023 is oil. China is going to uh, reopen with a vengeance, and right now WTI crude is around $80 a barrel. There is going to be a lot of pressure on energy throughout 2023. Right, and, and one of the reasons why we own energy stocks tactically in our portfolios is there's been underinvestment in the energy sector. And even now, even though oil prices have gone up substantially over the last several years, uh, from the point where at one point they actually traded negative in the futures right. market, we're seeing a drop in the rate count. So there's less exploration. In addition, our, our strategic petroleum reserve was cut almost in half. We need to replenish that at some point. So you've got the demand from China. You've got the demand from the SPR. You've got you know Europe undergoing a fairly warm winter, which has actually been a positive, obviously, for energy prices. And then you've also got Russia. You know, adding more more troops. What are they? What's going to happen to the oil prices if something happens there and that thing escalates? So you really have to be careful. This this inflation thing is not going to be so easy to solve, and yeah. the Fed cannot control oil prices. And, and that's that's a big input. There's no question about it. So uh, we still uh, think that energy stocks still provide value, low PEs with with dividends, and it's one of the reasons why tactically we have been in that position throughout the year. Moving on from there, there is also going to be pressure, of course, on on other commodities, gold is finally catching a bid. Right, and I think what happened with uh, SBF, it put kind of a negative spin on on. On SBF Sam Bankman-Fried, who is the founder of FTX. Right, because one of the arguments was you buy Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation, as a hedge against, you know, governments run amok. And what we've seen is Bitcoin actually went down. So gold actually is looking like a better insurance policy to some, not to mention the fact that the U.S. dollar was a very crowded trade. In other words, the dollar was really strong in 2021 and 2022, and it started to roll over, and that obviously supports gold prices. And it also suggests that uh, we see a slowing of the economy. I know we talked about inflation for a year and a half or so, and now the, the conversation is going to move to recessionary pressures. We had one of our partners speak this week, and uh, he said chances are three out of four that we will see a recession in either 2023 or early 24. Right, and, and that's fine. Uh, but you and I don't invest based on our forecast of the economy. We've learned it the hard way, right? The stock markets will discount a recession. So what we pay attention to are relative valuations, the directions of earnings estimates, what guidance looks like, and, and really valuation at its core and valuation of earnings, not just eyeballs, which is what caught a lot of people by surprise in 2022 when companies that over 10 or 20 times revenues traded horrendously right. with declines as much as 80%. And, you know, people get myopic. They think just of the large cap stocks, especially the big tech stocks, which, of course, are laying people off. But that doesn't mean that you can't look down cap. In other words, mid and small cap, for example, doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity internationally as as we move through this. And, Derek, we've moved from Tina. There is no alternative alternative to large cap stocks to Terra, T-A-R-A, there is a reasonable alternative. Well, certainly fixed income. You and I were talking about where the one-year treasury bill was trading at about 4.7%. It was almost zero uh, a couple of years ago. 
And the other thing is the changing composition of what's working. You know, some people call it rock over paper. In other words, let's buy companies that produce real assets that have probably been underutilized and underinvested. And so whether it's copper manufacturers, lithium producers, oil producers already mentioned, uh, that could be the leadership of the next decade for all we know. Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Dave, what is that Italian word for uneasy? Agita. Agita. If you're feeling a little agita over the markets, don't lose your head. We're going to talk about the importance of perspective next on Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Are you waiting for a miracle to feel financially secure in retirement? In a recent study, over one-third of millionaires predicted their ability to feel financially secure in retirement is going to, quote, take a miracle. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe a plan, not a miracle, will help increase your retirement confidence. Annex Wealth Management listens. Then our team of experts gets to work using leading edge technology to build a comprehensive plan that covers investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. We stress test it, run it through countless variables. Then, and only then, we present a framework for a financial plan tailored to your goals in retirement. And unlike our competitors, Annex doesn't have any products to push, no hidden fees or commissions. There's too much of that out there already. We're a fee-only fiduciary required to act in your best interest at all times. More planning, less miracles. Build confidence in your future with Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. The Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee is locked and laser-focused on every aspect of the markets. Go deep with the SWAT podcast. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Delivered every Monday morning on Spotify. Search Annex Wealth Management for the SWAT podcast. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. So this segment was inspired by a recent conversation you had with a client regarding trustees, and he was driven to a point of frustration exclaimed something to you. Yeah, he basically didn't want to leave his kids with the headache of being a trustee because he was going through it with his dad and just decided, I'm going to simplify everything and make everything payable on death to my kids. This is your world. You see this all the time, but I see this with my friends and family where messes, poor kids have to just dig through messes, and then others, it just goes so clean. It does. And that really goes to a certain point of how much did you do during your lifetime to properly plan your estate, get it in good order so that it's really easy for your kids after you're gone. So here we are, and we're going to have a little chat about how to make things easier for your trustee, because bottom line, if the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed, those left behind trying to figure out aspects of an estate plan will be pulling their hair out. Let's start with a couple of definitions. First off, I, I hear executor, I hear trustee, I hear, I hear all sorts of things. Let's start with trustee. Yeah, so a trustee is a person that you name that has the fiduciary duty and responsibility to kind of settle all of your final affairs after you've passed away. Um, and that's done when you use a revocable trust as part of your main estate planning document. Why do I think that sounds like an executor? Because it does. Um, so an executor has all of those same responsibilities, but an executor works operating under a last will and testament and has to be legally appointed by the court so that the probate court supervises what that executor does. 
How often are trustees confused with executors? All the time, right? Because they have the same function. So their job is to wrap up and settle someone's affairs after they passed away. It's just a matter of, is it under a last will and testament or is it under a revocable trust agreement? So they have the same duties, but it actually gets to be kind of a fine point that we have to clarify. So let's go back to the client's frustration with being a trustee when his dad died. What kinds of things was he experiencing? Yeah, so the number one thing here was that he, his dad had not really organize his financial affairs. He had probably 10 or 15 different accounts in the name of his trust or payable to his trust. So the son, as the trustee, had to go contact all of these different financial organizations and institutions to start collecting assets and get information and say, hey, I'm the trustee now that my dad's died. So it was a lot of work just to gather information, much less figure out, now what do I do going forward? You want to make things easier for your heirs. I mean, absolutely, positively, got to consolidate. Yeah. And so that's the number one thing that I talk to people about a lot is we have a lot of clients who they like to diversify and have things with multiple advisors and multiple banks and financial institutions. And as we get older, you know, that A, gets harder for you to track, but it's almost nearly impossible for your family to figure out. So what we want to do is start kind of consolidating that stuff down. Use one primary banking institution. Use one primary investment advisor or a brokerage firm. It just makes things so much easier for someone else to step into your shoes and manage your financial life. Wouldn't it just stink if you had money that really should be going to your loved ones and it's just out on an island and you've forgotten about it? And that happens. That happens more often than we think with random old life insurance policies that nobody knew about or an old brokerage account that has just lingered out there for so long you've forgotten it even exists. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's it mean when you suggest that when using a trust, you need to fund it? Is that fund like money fund? Fund it. So what we talk about with a revocable trust is is you need to get assets titled into the name of the trust. So instead of Danny Clayton owning a brokerage account, right, the brokerage account is titled in the Danny Clayton revocable trust account, okay? And what that means is that means that brokerage account is owned by that trust, so it's already there. It's really easy for your trustee to take that over after you're gone. Well, it sounds more big time for me, too. I got an revocable trust. Well, there How about you go. That? Yeah. I so, just upgraded you. <laughs> thank you. Housekeeping standpoint, who is it that does this? A lot of times it's the work of the client. So when you go and you put that estate plan together, most estate planning attorneys are going to give you a nice letter of instruction that says, here are the accounts that you need to title into the name of your trust. Here are what your beneficiary designations need to say so we get things into your trust. And then what happens is, is it's on the client to go ahead and kind of go through their financial statement and say, I did it for my IRA here, and I did it on my 401k, and I did this on my house, and I did this on my vacation property, right? It's on the client to do that, and a lot of clients don't, and that's where trustees run into a lot of frustration. I frustrated my boys so much when they were 16, 17 years old. I think I can not do it when I'm no longer here. How about that? That's a fair statement, but some people don't think about it. They think, hey, I did this great estate plan, and I'm done. Yeah. But there's follow-through and homework that needs to be done. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Joe Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Used to be the standard retirement plan was after working 40 or so years, you'd get the gold watch. Walk out the door to see what was next. If anything, that was then. This is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined. 
and hopefully retirement that lasts a long time. The go-go years are now the this is my time years. It's time for second acts, new ventures. You bet you busted it hard while working, but watch out now, your bucket list is full. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. Oh, do we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan that lets you get after it. No matter what your it is, your plan needs to work with precision to help deliver the retirement you desire. You're not done yet. It's time to know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. If you're ready, so are we. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management is back. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Danny. Emotion and investing, it's not like peanut butter and jelly. They might not be great partners, especially when the market is volatile. It's human nature, and it's probably what makes us buy more stocks and take more risk when prices are up and less when they're down. Brandon, first question, is it true investors are giving up value through poor timing? Oh, 100%, because what happens, and, and we get to this, later in our conversation, we'll talk about this, but the emotions take over because they extrapolate 5 10% down to zero. And you're going yeah. all the way down to zero. They don't think about it that, you know, really it, it will eventually come back. Here's what I've read. Investors can make mistakes when they change their portfolio inappropriately. Two ways in particular, changing a portfolio constantly in reaction to market swings and those who don't rebalance often enough. Let's take the first one, changing it constantly. Yeah. So ones that are going in there and constantly making adjustments, there's really no need for that. Now, if you're doing strategic adjustments, and what I mean by that is you're like, well, we see an opportunity in financial sector, so we want to overweight that because we can see this on the horizon with what rates are doing. But if you're just going in and rebalancing because I lost and rebalancing because I lost and, and doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. You, you actually just end up hurting yourself. But then there's the flip side in the second part of this question, right? If you don't rebalance often enough, like if you haven't rebalanced for five to 10 years, you look at what the U.S. stock market has done relative to international. And if you were, you know, had a decent proportion maybe in 2012, now all of a sudden you got to this point where the U.S. is outperforming. You have a very small amount of international. You want to have that diversification. And if you're not paying attention to it, you need to watch it. And that's why you do hire a firm like Annex. It's probably another segment that we could do. But, you know, when I was a young pup, they told you to rebalance every quarter. Well, that's that. But then every five to 10 years, there's got to be something in between. There's got to be. And what you see specifically, I bring this up for the 401k participants or folks that have left their 401ks behind. They don't look at it. They don't think about it. Those old 401ks are still invested, still hopefully making you money or doing something, but are you keeping track of them? And that's where, you know, bringing them together, working with a firm, with a team and a plan is so important. How about this? Selling winners too early or holding losers too long. And I get the part about holding losers too long, but how would you know if you're selling a winner too early? That actually can be harder, but right, it comes down to research. What are the opportunities? Is there a momentum behind the stock? Is there a reason it's continuing to run like that? Those are things you have to take into consideration. And sometimes folks just see, hey, I'm up 20%, and maybe it is over the course of a month, because that, that can potentially happen in stocks. You never know. But then they're out. It's like, well, maybe there was a reason for such a big jump, and maybe there's a long-term advantage to holding this, not just if it's in a taxable account like a brokerage, the tax side of it, but 
other reasons. How big of a problem is it if you don't understand your investments? And I guess I'm talking just about your your regular person who's got a different job, then it's not an investment professional. It's extremely important because as Dave and Derek talked about here, if you listen to the market recap, you know, paying attention to the bonds. The bonds last year were so volatile because of what the Fed was doing with the interest rates. And if you didn't know what you had and you didn't understand the credit risk duration, all those things that go into it, you probably had a much tougher time in bonds than you would have if somebody would have been constantly watching that for you. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Keep in your head when things are volatile. Here's another and something the financial news is full of, getting swept up in market frenzies. There's been a few of those. Oh yeah, and that's again, that goes to that whole emotional side of it where folks are just, they extrapolate down 20 to down to zero. And it's no, you, the market's not going to go to zero. A company like Apple isn't going to exist today and not exist tomorrow. Like, yes, maybe over long term, you look at some of the companies, GE, and how that's changed. But again, they're still here. So, you know, people assume if the market's dropping and dropping hard, that all of a sudden it's going to be at zero, which, no, these companies have valuation. They have, they own things. It's just, that's not how it works. And controlling that emotion is key. Second thing is thinking long term. You have to think long-term on these items. And how about losses? Because there's this thing called hyper-loss aversion. Yeah, so it's this thought that you're going to make back all the money you lost inside of that stock, or that position, I should say. What if it's an opportunity, specifically in a brokerage account, to sell it, harvest those losses, and apply them to a gain of something else? Rebalance that portfolio. It gets back to the rebalance. It gets back to being strategic and taking the emotion out of it. Like Some of the best investors... And, and working with our team here and some of the best members of our team, when it comes to the investment side of it, there's there's no emotion involved. It's logic, it's fundamentals, it's valuation, it's trading. Maybe a couple of takeaways. Don't take risks you're not comfortable with. Watch out for the herd mentality. Keep market conditions in perspective and plan with a collaborative partner. That's what's so important is when you sit down with Annex and we look at the plan, the plan dictates how we should invest, what your goals are, and how best to position you for the future. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Danny. Sunday, January 22nd, quick break. We're going to be back checking with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Like it or not, you are a media-consuming machine chased all day by headlines, texts, emails, on the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. News about market volatility and uncertainty could lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report increased stress about their investment and retirement plans. This isn't a time to be frozen in place. Take action. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side. Build a plan that will help cut through the noise. We'll provide comprehensive investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Let Annex do a deep dive on your portfolio. Offer unbiased advice with Wealthmetric and work to create a solid plan for you and your family. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. It only takes a couple of minutes, in person or online. 
It's time to take action and know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Robert Chastain, Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida is here. Hey, Robert. Hey, Danny. How are you? Good, thanks. You know, I've always liked Forbes magazine. It's got great writing, useful information. And when I saw the headline, Five Things Your Financial Advisor Should Be Doing for You, I wanted to run it by you, Robert. So our first is portfolio management. That would seem to be a key thing a financial advisor should be helping with. Uh, that's definitely one finger of the uh, puzzle. And, you know, and the nice thing about Annex, we do true portfolio management. Our investment team bought and sold and moved between sectors two or three times last year while the market volatility was going on. They did a lot of tax loss harvesting and there's just no cutting corners when it comes to that. Yeah, if I may put a plug in for the Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast, which uh, usually is out on Monday morning middays, it's members of that team and they kind of work through what they're looking at for the week. So it's really worth it. Five things your financial advisor should be doing for you. The second would be, and it's very obvious, it's the financial planning part. Well, Danny, the financial planning is really the heart. You know, if, if it was a human body, the financial planning's the heart. It all starts there. Without planning, you can't go anywhere else. There's, you know, it's the roadmap to er everywhere else. We really get into the weeds. It's something that you never have to apologize to a client when they hit the retirement age and their plan is working for them. Another thing that a financial planner should do for you, and we do it, is cash flow management. It's a big part of it, Danny. Especially, you know, retired people really, really like to see how their money's coming and going, how much they are expending on a monthly basis, and how much money they're pulling from their retirement funds. And if you're making any major purchases, we can do all the cash flow management and make sure that that fits into your plan. One other thing is your RMDs from your IRA accounts do you want to take it all at once or do you want to take it on a monthly basis? And we can figure all that out and show you multiple ways of doing it. Five things your financial advisor should be doing for you. Another one is tax planning, not tax preparation. We're not a tax service. We are tax planners. Absolutely. And t tax prep is far different from tax planning. Are we doing Roth conversions? Does that work for you? And here's one other thing, and we touched on this on, under cash flow, Danny, withdrawal strategies so it makes the most amount of tax sense for you. Which accounts are you drawing from first to minimize your taxable income? Five things financial advisor should be doing for you. Are they? Know the difference, folks. The final one is estate preparations. You know, this is always a very, very big one. And a lot of people living don't feel an estate plan is important. But when they pass away, if you leave a mess for your heirs, it's a big, big deal. I think a lot of people don't realize if you send your stuff through probate, it is all available for public consumption, meaning it is in the court system. A judge is deciding what happens to your assets. We try and talk all of our clients into doing some type of estate planning. If a trust makes sense for you, we most certainly are going to recommend you to a qualified trust attorney to take care of those because you do not want all of your finances out in the public. Sounds like one of our commercials, this segment, but it's not. This is from the Forbes magazine article, Five Things Your Financial Advisor Should Be Doing For You. I know what you are saying, Robert. That's what we do all the time. Yes, we do. You know, Danny, we do it on a daily basis for our clients and we, and we absolutely love doing it. Yep, folks, can we do it for you? We can help. Let's work together. It all starts at AnnexWealth.com when you click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Branch Director 
Director and Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Danny. Hey, folks, stand by. It's Ask Annex. We're going to take a crack at the mailbag next. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. We're back and it's time for Ask Annex. If you got a question for us, we are wide open at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Ask button. If we can help you, you click the Get Started button. In the studio today, Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager and Interior Designer at Annex Wealth Management. Well, that's an off-air conversation, but I learned things today about you. Hi, Danny. Hey, welcome. Matt Moore is the Investment Team Manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Hi, Danny. All right. First one is from James. I'm enjoying your SWAT podcast. Recently, Matt talked about in investments in emerging markets. Does that mean investments in companies in those markets or the entire region? That's a great question, James. Yeah, it is a really good question. And it is helpful because at times, you know, we, we speak in jargon or we, we talk over a certain level and it's good to take a step back and kind of go into what that means. So from our perspective, emerging market investing to the company level is not what our expertise is. You know, we find it helpful to either use index funds that are covering a certain area or to use an active manager who has people that live in those countries that actually are doing that boots on the ground type of research, visiting them and knowing what's really going on, which is one of the hardest things when it comes to international investing is really know what's happening in those countries. As you could take China, the largest EM country in the world, and frankly, the second largest you know economy in the Haven't world. Haven't they altogether. emerged yet? Aren't they huge? Not yeah. yet, uh, supposedly. So <laughs> we'll see how long that takes. But you know, it's really nice to know what is actually happening there, You know, when politics can have such a big play there. And also the second thing is, and we always talk about know what you own, is that depending on on the ETF or the mutual fund that you use, they might invest in the emerging markets in different ways. So they might only use companies that are domiciled over there. Some active managers will take U.S. companies that have a large share of their revenue and use those companies as well to gain exposure into those areas as well, too. So you might actually be buying U.S. companies when you think you're only buying companies that are in those countries. Two things, James. Thank you for listening to the SWAT podcast. And there was a lot of talk about EM last week. Yeah, it's certainly a big area of opportunity that we see. Yep. Next one is anonymous. What's the most common way people own gold? That's another good question. Well, when people 
people think about investing in gold, they think about those big, shiny gold bars locked away somewhere in a safe. But I would say the most common and convenient way to own gold is through the gold funds and gold mining company stocks. But a lot of people do buy the physical gold, and there's pros and cons with all of those options, right, Matt? Yeah, there's certainly there's a lot of commercials if you watch CNBC or any financial news network in terms of investing directly in gold and, and owning physical bars or, or coins. Tough part about that is that you have to store them, you have to buy them, and there's usually high fees in order to do so, and then you've got to have a place that's secure that you would keep all of that. That's one of the reasons why I really like ETFs. It's because they'll buy the gold and house it for you, and that's all part of the internal expense ratio of those funds is to be able to do that. And then gold miners, like you mentioned, now you can at least look at a company's balance sheet and see how profitable they are. So it's not just the gold price that's important, but also how efficient they are. I want the safe that you open, then the light shines in, and then the light <laughs> glints Or the, the coins that you could yeah. jump and swim through, like <laughs> yeah, uh, right. uh, the old cartoons. <laughs> yeah. um, next up on Ask Annex is from Paul. If there's good news on a company and the share price goes up pre-market, is it a good idea to buy as soon as the market opens? So, you know, companies, especially in, in extended hours trading, could trade pretty volatilely. There's not a lot of volume during those time periods, and prices can move quite a bit. So it's really important to know why that company's stock price is moving the way that it is. You also want to know how you think a company should be valued at that point in time, too. Just because the market says that it's going up today, is it too high now compared to what your price target was for it? So you want to look at things like that. But also, especially around earnings, companies tend to trade the same way coming out of earnings reports that they have in the past. So there might be some patterns that you could look at where maybe they shoot up really high right away, but then pull back a little bit and you might have another chance to get back in. Yeah, and the first hour can provide the most liquidity, but it also provides a lot of the volatility and overreaction both on the upside and the downside. So as an individual investor, I think a good rule of thumb is to wait after the first hour of trading when all those market orders that were entered have cleared the books. But if you are worried about a particular stock going higher without you, just buy half of a position, wait till the trend is established through the day, and if it goes higher, you already have some, and if it comes back in, you can buy a little more. And you spent many years on a trading desk, I right? I did, yeah. So you saw this, right. Uh, next, Anonymous. And it's kind of like our last question. I watch too much CNBC. After market close and during earnings reports, I see the price of the equity in, quote, aftermarket trading. How does one trade aftermarket? So not everybody is able to. It really depends on, you know, where you're investing. So at different custodians, they have certain rules around that, and you need to have access to that time period. It is a difficult time period in order to invest. There's lack of liquidity. It's all electronic trading, so it's really just matching up different orders. And it's also a limited time period as well, too. So the volume could be really low, but the price action could be, be quite a bit. And so it is something that you need to really watch out for if you're going to do it. After hours, you have to go on your custodian and actually indicate the term. So if you're trading pre-market, you can't just put a market order in. You have to actually say, put a limit order for one. They don't accept market orders. You put a limit order and then select the option extended hours. That is Ask Annex, folks for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome, Danny. Matt Morsey, Investment Team Manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. There is a disparity in how men and women plan for retirement. We are sensitive to that, but not everyone is. What are the challenges for women when it comes to financial and retirement planning? We're going to cover that next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Somebody asks, you good? Good seems to be our common response socially. How's work? How was the trip? How's the family? They're good. For the most part, it's our standard response without saying much at all. So how's your money? How are your investments? 
How are your retirement plans? Given the markets, inflation, and a looming recession, it might be hard to even answer. Good. It's time to get an honest assessment of where you are and where you're headed. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, we work to learn what's important to you. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. The fee-only fiduciary team at Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. One team, one plan, one fee. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. The Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee is locked and laser-focused on every aspect of the markets. Go deep with the SWAT podcast. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Delivered every Monday morning on Spotify. Search Annex Wealth Management for the SWAT podcast. Know the difference? Joining me, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, Annex Wealth Management, CFP, CDFA, works closely with a number of clients across all of our Annex Wealth Management locations. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. Headline caught my eye, quote, retirement is a gender issue. Mm -hmm. You've talked about this before, haven't you? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a classic good news, bad news thing. The good news is based on lifespan, women will live longer in retirement. And the bad news is is women will live longer in retirement. That poses some issues. And we're going to talk about that. So in the United States, women outlive men by an average of five years. So they need solid financial planning, greater savings that's going to last longer. That can happen. But do you see the opposite? Uh, Well, that statistic actually does exist for a reason. So sure, we do see the opposite, but most likely women do outlive men. And we tend to plan on an average for men living to age about 86 or so actuarially, and then women about 91. But certainly, as the years go on, those ages get extended out potentially as well. According to Fidelity Investments, about half of future retirees are at risk of not being able to cover essential expenses in retirement. And the problem is, is that women tend to save much less than men. You see that as well. We do. So half of all future retirees are at risk of not being able to cover just their essential expenses into retirement. This is according to a recent Fidelity Investments survey. So just roughly a third of the respondents to that survey uh, were on target to cover all their spending. And that would include also discretionary spending like your travel and entertainment. While both genders as a whole hope to retire at about age 67 or so, by the time they reach that age, women have saved almost $100,000 less than men on average. And that's according to a Prudential 2018 financial wellness consensus. That's a daunting number. According to Prudential, the number one priority for for women is being able to be financially stable in the event of outliving a spouse or partner. And again, actuarially, Mm -hmm. they will. Well, right. And that's it's not just outliving, but divorce and disability can also, of course, play into the financial stability of a woman. And remember that the average age of widowhood, Danny's actually 58 years old. That's actually before you can even pull money from your own IRA without penalty. So there's definitely some financial planning that needs to happen to ensure that when or, you know, if there's an instance of a transition that happens in a woman's life, her financials are stable enough to pull her through and withstand that blow. Now, I needed to kind of challenge my assumption because I'm always thinking of everybody's a couple. Everybody is not a couple. No, I actually, uh, personally, I service through Annex quite a few women that have never been married or are on their own now. Talking about couples, more than 25% say they plan to rely on their spouses or partner savings as a significant portion of their retirement income. 
there's a flaw with that? that there definitely. See? It's okay. all about math. And we always say at Annex, you know, no matter what you're trying to figure out, math can help you solve it. So that's why we have so many CFPs and math geeks here. That is true, Danny, because when the first partner dies, if they've both been on Social Security, only the larger of the two checks is kept. And so a woman is left with less income. And also now all of a sudden she goes from a married to a single taxpayer bracket. So potentially earning less income paying more taxes, that's not a favorable condition. Do you find that when there is a loss of a spouse, that that is a time for an immediate reassessment of the plan? You know, this is why we want to be prepared. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail kind of a thing. So, you know, life's not linear and there are transitions all our lives. So it's never too early to start financial planning. Sure. Here's the shocker that I found. Two thirds of women surveyed do not work with a financial planner because they think they can't afford it. Or, or they think they don't have the necessary assets. So you're not working with a pro, you're behind already. Right. So a lot of people sometimes have problems with the word wealth, but we have to remember that we're wealthy in so many different ways, in our life experience, in our financials, in, you know, just a lot of ways. So sometimes we procrastinate, right? And I could tell you both from personal experience and as a certified financial planner, sitting with people and planning for over 22 years now, it's never too late or too early to start, but there definitely are more challenges the longer you wait. There are so many milestones along the way into and through retirement. The procrastination just actually exacerbates the worry and the stress. So isn't it better to know where you are in your financial journey and what you can do now to help yourself? So with everything we just covered, what is Deanne Phillips suggesting women do today that's going to make a difference in years to come? Financial planning is literally for everyone, no matter what your age is. And women have less of a problem hiring a professional, usually to help them. So ladies, get out there. Don't be afraid to ask. Find a partner like Annex who can sit with you and help you work through all those transitions that life may throw your way. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and CDFA, thank you for your time and your wisdom. Well, thank you for having me today, Danny. Are you waiting for a miracle to feel financially secure in retirement? In a recent study, over one-third of millionaires predicted their ability to feel financially secure in retirement is going to, quote, take a miracle. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe a plan, not a miracle, will help increase your retirement confidence. Annex Wealth Management listens. Then our team of experts gets to work using leading edge technology to build a comprehensive plan that covers investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. We stress test it, run it through countless variables. Then, and only then, we present a framework for a financial plan tailored to your goals in retirement. And unlike our competitors, Annex doesn't have any products to push. No hidden fees or commissions. There's too much of that out there already. We're a fee-only fiduciary, required to act in your best interests at all times. More planning, less miracles. Build confidence in your future with Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We're all familiar with Social Security. What about spousal Social Security? Here to talk about it is Tom Burkholz, a CFP and financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the show. Hi, Danny. So take us to school, maybe everybody to school. What exactly is a spousal benefit? 
it's a type of social security benefit where essentially the social security administration is saying, Hey, we understand that not everyone who is married stays in the workforce their entire life. And so some people are stay at home parents or whatever the case is, and you should still be able to receive a social security benefit if that's the case. So you as a spouse with little or no social security benefit of your own can receive up to half of the working spouse's benefit in the form of a spousal benefit. That's decent. How is that benefit determined? Right. So the spousal benefit is primarily determined by the working spouse's amount at their full retirement age. However, it's also determined by when the spouse claims for the benefits. So, for example, if the spouse starts their spousal benefits at age 62, they accept a reduced amount. Right. And with everything Social Security, the earlier you start taking it, the benefits are reduced, correct? Right. So timing matters. So that's why it's important to work with a financial professional who can um, calculate the most optimal way to take benefits. So when can somebody begin collecting spousal benefits? Well, there are specific triggers that must occur to be entitled to spousal benefits in the first place. So the first trigger is the primary worker must have filed for their own benefit in order for the spouse to begin receiving spousal benefits. And additionally, you have to be married for at least one year. And ultimately, age 62 is the magic age when you can first start receiving a reduced spousal benefit amount. Gotcha. True or false, you can get up to 50% of your spouse's full benefit. This is true. This is the maximum amount of spousal benefits you can be eligible for. However, if the spouse elects before their own full retirement age, you might get a reduced amount. So you have to be careful if you're trying to maximize your spousal benefit. And I think I know the answer to this, but you don't get to claim both benefits, right? Correct. Someone can be entitled to a spousal benefit based on their husband or wife's earning record and be eligible for their own retirement benefit. And this is considered by the Social Security Administration as being duly entitled, and you will only receive the higher of the two benefits at the time. If somebody is widowed or divorced, can they still claim spousal Social Security benefits? Well, if you're widowed, you may instead be eligible for a survivor benefit, which is simply inheriting the deceased spouse's benefit. But that's different than a spousal benefit. And if you're divorced, you could potentially be eligible for spousal benefits as long as the worker is 62 and you were married for 10 years and haven't remarried. But if you're remarried, you can't claim your ex's benefits. Right. If you are remarried, you are now a spouse from Social Security's perspective and cannot receive spousal benefits from your ex. However, you can be eligible to receive spousal benefits from your current spouse. Is applying or getting getting the process started, is, is that complicated for Social Security spousal benefits? No, you can apply online, over the phone, or through your local Social Security office. You'll just need you know, a variety of documents and information handy as you go through that process and banking information if you want to set up direct deposit. Tom, do you find in the financial planning department that people are in the dark about Social Security? I mean, do we need to walk them through things and that's fine because that's what we do. But can it be confusing at times? Oh, 100 percent. I highly recommend working with a professional who can run a Social Security analysis and find the most optimal way to file for Social Security because it can be incredibly complicated. Right. And as we always say, it, it, it's only one of the legs of your retirement plan, but it's an important leg. Right. So retirement income can be thought of as a three-legged stool between Social Security income and pension income and income from your retirement assets. So it's just one part. 
But if you're missing a leg on your stool, I mean, you don't have a stool anymore. Right. Sure. Set it up properly. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Tom Burkholz, CFP and a financial planning specialist at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming back in. My pleasure. Used to be the standard retirement plan was after working 40 or so years, you'd get the gold watch. Walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and hopefully retirement that lasts a long time. The go-go years are now the this is my time years. It's time for second acts, new ventures. You bet you busted it hard while working, but watch out now, your bucket list is full. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. Oh, do we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan that lets you get after it. No matter what your it is, your plan needs to work with precision to help deliver the retirement you desire. You're not done yet. It's time to know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. If you're ready, so are we. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. This show is going to be on Spotify at the top of the hour. If you'd like to hear it again, or maybe you came in late, again, that's Spotify. Look for Annex Wealth Management. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky in the studio, Chief Investment Officer, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. couple alphabet combinations for you. QE to QT. Yeah, that's a big deal. And it's probably one of the biggest sea changes we have seen over the last number of decades in the investing business. Of course, QE is quantitative easing, really the idea that there was the printing of money by the Federal Reserve flooding the markets with effectively free money, 0% interest rates. Uh, That has changed, and now there's quantitative tightening where they're taking that out. And that is a dramatic sea change for the investment landscape. Yeah, and I think one of the, the the playbook essentially was that the minute the Fed started putting liquidity in the system, buy everything, right? You know, the V bottom, if you will. And at this point, given where the Fed's balance sheet is, uh, given the belief that uh, modern monetary theory doesn't really work in the long run. Yeah, but uh, it was around the world. The, the MMT was around. It wasn't just here in the United States, especially in Europe. Well, I remember, you know, during the height of the Greek crisis, the 10-year treasury, the 10-year Greek bond was trading at like a 15% yield. When there was 15 trillion in sovereign debt yielding negative yields. The Greek tenure was at 2%. Now, I would never own, I would never lend money to the Greek government under any circumstances. (laughs) And that just shows you how excessive it was. It was like picking pennies up in front of a steamroller. So if you you just back it off and say, okay, for 15 years we've seen QE, it's going to take more than a few months to unwind the excesses that have sprung from that. But we're starting to see it. You showed me a chart uh, last week that shows that it is starting to roll over. The money is starting to come out. So there is an effect. They're starting to roll off all of these bonds. And what you know, which really is dramatic is the amount of government debt that's out there, thirty trillion dollars. And if the if you were advising a client like the federal government, you wouldn't tell them to roll it all over in the next three years, but that's exactly what's gonna happen. Right. Fifty percent of the debt needs to get refinanced in the next three years. So the Fed clearly has an incentive to try to get rates down or else we're gonna see much higher taxes down the road. And I'm obviously no one likes to pay higher taxes. The other thing is that with 
the Q, QT going on, it's going to operate with a lag, just like the M2 growth operated with a lag and contributed to inflation. And you have to assume that in that environment, markets are going to remain really volatile. And we're going to get these 15, 20, 25% rallies off some level. But then we're going to probably retrace those gains because, again, the negative effect of all of this monetary tightening is yet to be felt. And here is the takeaway, folks. You're going to have to be nimble going forward because there has been a sea change. There is a whole generation of investors that have not seen anything but a free money environment over the last 15 years, and that has changed. Set it and forget it is not the path going forward. You're going to have to be tactical and thoughtful. And, and do it, you know, on a, on a market basis, really. Don't wait till the end of the quarter to rebalance or the end of the year. That's the lazy, that's a lazy excuse. Because during the week, during months, you get opportunities where the valuation disparities become very wide. That's what you want to take advantage of, which is one of the reasons why you were very prescient to, to force us to have a, a weekly investment committee meeting. I would rather not sit in meetings, <laughs> but once a week we have to get together and face the facts and, and, and act accordingly. Other firms meet quarterly or semi-annually. Yeah. So again, our, our pulse is on the markets. We, we react in a proactive way and take advantage of volatility when it appears. And that's really, folks, the big takeaway is you just can't have a set it and forget it passive style or just put it into, for example, a fixed annuity that you won't see for the next 10 years. This is really what you need to do. You need to go through the process. You need to understand what you own, why you own own it and here it is how much you're paying for it. I can't tell you how many times that we see this, that clients uh, go and talk to other advisors and then they come in here and they are their money's locked up for a significant amount of time. Dave, I heard some of those annuities are doing 9%. Yeah, the 9% for the agent. Oh, not the commission. Not, <laughs> no, no, not, okay. not 9% for the, uh, for the client. Got right. it, got it. Okay. Well, 2023 is here. I mean, we are almost to February. The year is off to a bang and if you were feeling a little unsettled about it, we'd love to help you out. What we do is investment in retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. If you say, well, I only need one or two of those things. No, it all goes together as a plan. Really think about it. You need to sit down with us and we'll talk to you. Talk about your hopes, your dreams, your expectations for 2023 and beyond. We'd love to help. And it all starts at AnnexWealth.com when you click that Get Started button. Soft landing, hard landing, what's going to happen? Let's get ready for whatever landing zone we wind up in. We're ready to put a plan in place for you. Pick your partner carefully. Competency, transparency, that's how it works with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We're going to be back here next Sunday, noon, on Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.